Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Craze Cast, the podcast ran by the fans for the fans that brings you closer to the action. My name is Amber and today I'm joined by my fellow hosts, Jay and Roxy. Hey, what's up you guys? Hi. Hi, I'm Dad. <laughs> to keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Craze Magazine and YouTube, The Craze, for exclusive interviews as they come up. Roxy told us she's dead, but other than that, how are we feeling? I mean, I'm still waking up, but I'm, I'm feeling pretty okay. I'm just really glad that this week isn't video uh, because I am knocked out with a migraine and I... <laughs> Probably look like I've been through hell. Roxy, feel better soon. Oh man, dude, feel better. So this week is kind of different than what we usually do. Last week was kind of different than what we usually do too. Um, This week, we're actually going to pick our favorite articles and we're going to discuss why they're our favorites um, and a little bit about them. So who wants to go first? We've already talked about my favorite article before. In one of the previous episodes, we discussed the Great Girl Group Drain, uh, which is an article I wrote a couple years back uh, as like a feature for our first uh, quarterly issue. And it's really, it's really one of my favorites just because I found doing the research on it was so, so interesting. It blows my mind how it appears that the girl groups go through so much trouble in such a short period of time, especially compared to boy groups that have been around as long and always have, you know, the, the military hiatus, yet still somehow manage to surpass most girl groups that even get as big. So um, if you're like interested in a full on discussion about that, we have it um, a couple, I don't remember what episode exactly, but it's a few episodes back. You said it was a quarterly article, so one of our print articles? Yes, it was. Being at one of the articles that you wrote, like you said you enjoyed doing the research on it. Um, being a writer and one of the marketers, do you like writing ar- print articles more or do you like doing the web articles more? They're kind of two different things, you know, because our web articles tend to be um, a little less formal. You know, you can sort of sneak in a little bit more of your personality in those compared to the print ones that we keep like very, very um, professional. So I don't know. I like doing both. Well, going back to Roxy, like, yeah, that was actually a really good article. And I think I I get what you mean when you get to go into doing the research about your articles. And I feel like um, kind of going off of the question you asked, Roxy, it's like it's different because when we're writing for print, we have a longer timeline for us to write, like sit down and actually write, whereas our turnaround for web is a little bit more shorter. And so like when it comes to web, it's a little bit more like, well, depending on the article and what you, and column you're writing for, it's a little bit more quick than um, said print. So um, actually the girl group um, drain article is actually one of my favorite articles from Roxy. Now going on my favorite articles, I have, a couple few, but one of my favorite ones that I've that I've personally written um, or helped write, I should say, in this case for this um, was when we when we initially started. So going back into the early days of um, when the craze was still doing monthly issues, 
um, my very first article or I would say the feature that I participated in was the Wonder Girls issue and we did the Wonder Girls comeback and um, I it was me was it it was also Atlanta who was a former um, writer of ours and I think one other person I think or it was just me in Atlanta and we did that piece. And it's funny because I wasn't actually a writer for the magazine at the time. I was just a promoter and I was just, I kind of sneaked so, my way in. So did <laughs> I. How did hey. you become a writer? <laughs> I, I sneaked my way in on like, um, oh, before I answer your question, I sneaked my way in because um, like, I was just like, I want to try my hand at writing. I... I became a writer because actually beforehand, I always really, really liked writing. Um, uh, I thought, I think writing was like one of my favorite things. It still is one of my favorite things to do, whether it be coming up with my own stories or just getting the chance to write, 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 write. I feel like um, while I don't personally journal like writing, I like to record my thoughts in some sort of way. And at the time when I was, when I first joined the craze, I'm like, I don't know necessarily if I will fit into the writing mold because the qualifications were like, I don't have that kind of experience. I weaseled my way in and, and look at it, look at me now. <laughs> just, just now I'm writing for the craze. And I think as time has gotten gone by being with the craze I feel like my writing has gotten even better and it, it was definitely a learning experience and I, I want to say the Wonder Girls feature was one of my favorite pieces that I've ever done because it, it really showcased like I could do it and being able being attached to the feature at the time was a was big shoes to fill in general so I'd have to say that one was my favorite and then um, my favorite piece, if we're going off web, is um, Amber's fan advice article where um, it, uh, there's two that I really like, which was uh, fan etiquette, which is the online etiquette, as well as the, oh God, I'm blanking on the other article, the uh, things I wish I knew when I was, uh, before I became a K-pop fan because it was so relatable. And I was just like, I, I definitely read those articles and I'm like, yeah, wish that people knew this. Or like, I wish I knew these kind of things before I like really became a stand like what, 12, 13 years ago, because man, some of those things was like, it hit home really, really hard. And then one last one that I'll talk about is my favorite web piece that I've written thus far aside from the one that has yet, I will not name, that has yet to go up, IU8. Wait, Jay, by the time, by the time this episode goes up, it should be up. Oh, true. It should. Oh, you know what? Um, there's two, I guess. Uh, it's the IU8 um, coverage article. You know, I try to jump on anything IU involved. Ultimate female bias, of course. And then most recently, I wrote the Lehigh article for Solo, and both those songs I hold just really near and dear to my heart because it's just made an impact on me this year 
for 2020. There's a lot of growth and self-reflection that is happening in both those songs. So I really enjoyed writing those. And like, I feel like I really poured my heart out into like really doing a deep dive on how the song feels and how, um, how the, what the song means. And it's just one of those things I think we all can relate to. Like once we start writing, we write, 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 write. And you're like, oh my God, like come back later. It's like, oh, we wrote a whole essay. <laughs> Basically, once we get into it, I think we all can agree to that. So those are mine. What about you? Wait, yours? wait. Can we go back to print for a minute? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. yeah, I'm having, of course. I'm having flashbacks here. I Jay, I didn't even know that you did, were part of the Wonder Girls thing. Yeah, I did that. That was the very first feature that I participated in, and it was during KCON LA during that same time period. So I was struggling to balance like oh my god there's a deadline for kcon uh for the print uh for the feature and i'm at kcon and being a busy <laughs> promotion stuff for the craze oh my gosh like okay new listeners going this is going all the way back to 2016 right that was that when wonder girls came out or was I it 2017 so, yeah. i no 2016 okay yeah so this is when their last song which is um what is it called i know the title why so lo- the oh, so lonely yeah. So this is when Why So Lonely came out. And back then, I believe that was our second print issue uh, to go live because we started in June. <laughs> Monthly time was such a weird time. And back then, I was only a graphic designer. I wasn't writing either. I did the same thing as Jay where I weaseled my way in. And I think <laughs> I did that because we had like the special Soupy issue that we collaborated with and nobody had dramas that they wanted to write about or anything. So I was like, I got it. This is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I like wrote most of that issue and also designed most of that issue and it's been downhill since then. <laughs> but yeah. I wouldn't say downhill. I know. Downhill You're... as in I'm doing everything. Oh, oh yeah, you hit a spiral. <laughs> yeah, like you you definitely do take on a lot. <laughs> uh, it's weird to reminisce about monthly time. Uh we couldn't, you know, keep doing monthly issues just because by the time that they would go live, a lot of the things that we were right about would be like obsolete because of how quickly comebacks happen. But man, that was a time. Sometimes I wonder is like, how did we do monthly? Because monthly was so busy. Like, I feel like we were shelling out and then we were selling out so many pieces at the time. And I'm like, how did we do this now that now that we do quarterly, I was just like, I have more freedom and free reign to like take my time with a piece where it's like, oh my God, there's a deadline. Remember when I, our turnaround for quarterly is a little bit longer, but how did we do like a week and a half turnaround of doing monthly, you know, not only to, to write, but to edit and get in, you know, the design stuff. How did you guys do, especially on the design team, I, because obviously me and Amber aren't a part of the design team. We're like, how did you guys do this every single month? You know, I don't even remember. Um, Cause I feel like for the longest time, there's only been like three of us that designed the whole magazine. And it may be at the time that Connie had like a boring government job where she could like do other things <laughs> instead of her job at the time. Uh, we've all been there, but don't tell anyone. Cause sometimes I did that too, but that's, that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do that, that now was sometimes. The past. <laughs> It may or may not be in the past, but, you know, it's okay. It's chill. 
My favorite print article is actually the very first print article I ever wrote for the craze. And it was the feature for that uh, quarterly article, quarterly um, issue was about the history of light sticks. I co-wrote it with another writer named Nawara. And we talked about how um, rich the history of light sticks are and even the graphics team made like a light stick specifically for this article to go into the magazine. And it was, it was so cool to see my name in print. And doing that research, I really um, like appreciated the work that goes into those like big pieces because man, it was hard um, trying to find like things like, do y'all know Big Bang has 10 versions of their light stick? What? Really? <laughs> what? Yeah. I- I did not know that. I know, like, officially they have two versions, but, like, what? They have ten versions. They have the two main light sticks, but then they have the, like, the mini light sticks, the ring light sticks, the attachments, the Japan exclusive. Like, I was like, this is why K-pop fans are broke. This is why we're all broke. Wait, hold on. Okay, wait. They have two versions of their light stick? So they have the black version and the white version with the yellow yeah. crown on top. And then they have the Japan version. And then they have the ring version. And then they have the attachments for each member. So each member of Big Bang had things that got put onto the light stick. Um, Bro. So like G-Dragon had his ring that got mm-hmm. attached. Um, Daesung had something else. I don't remember what um, Taeyang Tae, oh no, had his own version of it. And then the, 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 that one member we don't talk about had his own version of it um, as well. And you then, mean former member, right? Oh, yeah. But we all know Big Bang has been four members. Like, we, exactly. there was five? What? Who are you um, talking about? I don't even know who you're talking about. Don't forget, exactly. there was Generation 1 and 2. Yes. Yes. Those were the main versions I was talking about. And then... The 10th anniversary one came out, which solidified the 10 light sticks. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. It's so, it's a lot. It's a lot. Bro, and I'm mean, just annoyed hearing that. Like, oh gosh. I'm really glad that I'm not a heavy Big Bang stan, because Jesus. I'm I just have the, the second generation one, the black one, and then that's it. That was my I first pre- light stick, actually. Mine too. Same! <laughs> Um, my very first one was Big Bang, and then the one I purchased myself was the BAP Matoki lightstick. Oh my god, parallels here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you and I both live in uh, BAP world. Um, I, don't, I don't have Matoki, but they gave me that annoying whistle the last time they came here. Oh, the second, the second gen whistle. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I have that. <laughs> That whistle doesn't sound as satisfying as the first gen whistle. Which both me and Amber have. <laughs> That's how you We're know you're tr- in the game. Yeah, we the OGs in the 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 fandom. Ugh, man. Um, okay, so back on track. Um my favorite I have a couple favorite um web articles. One that I wrote was actually, I think it was two parts or three parts. I can't remember of how music shows work in Korea, like how, when they air, how to watch them, how they tabulate votes, like how voting and streaming works. Um, So that was really cool to get, like take a deep dive to learn how to understand all of that. 
and um the other one was debunking fan signs because I feel like international fans have like this mystery idea of how fan signs work um like in Korea and I'm like nah fam it's pretty straightforward um the one I didn't write was actually Roxy's piece on Wonho and BI um I thought it was really cool because she really did this really in-depth um take on the situation and um I really appreciated that and it really a lot it resonated with a lot of other fans as well that's really what my main goal was with it. Because, I mean, like, especially with what happened to Wanho, like, I, for a long time, I was, like, a big, big must-X fan. Um, and I had sort of fizzled out, I guess, because I hadn't really liked their comebacks very much. But still, like, that day that I woke up and, like, the first thing I saw on trending on Twitter was that Wanho had left Monster X. I was like, what the hell? I can't, like, I couldn't even fathom it so like I I wanted answers like everybody else and I don't know that one just came straight from the soul I feel like oh I felt that because it's just like it was kind of like whoa it was all sudden and then like I I I do admit I personally admit after Wano left it was kind of hard to like look or listen to Monster X stuff because it's like it's not the same without him you know that's so it's just yeah like, yeah I, I, I felt like, that way too and I don't know I feel like I don't like I don't like seeing when groups that are doing really well or that are really successful end up down that path because usually when a member leaves the group um anything that was going right starts to go wrong I hate bringing them up, but it reminds me of what's going on with Pentagon right now. That was yeah, just when, a shame, too. Yeah, when, when Edon left, um, that was... I, I really feel like, you know, they were at a peak when that happened, you know, because they did... Um, Bitnari was, like, super, super popular. And then, like, Cube just said, hey, fuck off, basically. <laughs> And for a while, it, like, really, really impacted how well Pentagon was doing. So if you had to pick an article that wasn't your own that you would want to read or recommend to someone else to read, what would it be? I'm trying to figure that out right now, so give me a minute. Oh, yeah, like, hold on, wait. I don't know. You know, Amber, um, I did, like, I like fan advice a lot, um, and I think... One of my favorite ones that I you feel did. The love. <laughs> one of my favorite ones that you did um, was that interview that you did with a um, a fan site master. Oh yes, that was great. Um, the fan site was really, they were really transparent and considering the fandom they're a part of, um, they really gave really good answers. I think people have this idea of fan masters that are like these evil people. And that's really not the case. I do, I do find it interesting because I don't know how many people know this, but when I was actually introduced into the K-pop community, um, the first thing that I got into was actually um, helping uh, with some graphics for a local uh, Suga fan site uh, that was based over here. So I sort of got, you know, the inner workings of what fan site life is like and you know there are people that are are crazy that's a fact 
Um, it's just not all of them. Not everybody is nowhere near as crazy. 100% agree. You know what? It's also, I, I gotta agree with Roxy. It's a fan advice article. Definitely, like, Amber, this is one of my other favorite ones, but I would definitely also do the dark side of K-pop fan advice because, I mean, there's just so much to say. And, like, some are, some of the things, it's just, like, it needs to be said, you know? And these things are out there. And you cannot, as a K-pop fan, you cannot let your naivety get the best of you, you know? You cannot turn a blind eye to some of these things. And, uh, like, if I had the chance, I would also write that article just because I was like, oh, my God, there's so much things to say in regard. Like, there, and it's just, like, newer fans, like, I think it's an article that newer fans should read because it's, like, don't, like, I, I don't want to ruin the fantasy, but at the same time, it has to happen because not everything is sunshine and rainbows out there. Kind of like... Is it just compliment Amber Day? What is this? And I guess also, it's not more of like a specific article. If I had more time, I would pick up something of Roxy's for the K-drama articles because she does a lot and I'm like, Damn it, if only I had more time, I probably would go into that, too. Oh, thank you. I'm not writing it now. <laughs> we finally got some writers for K-dramas. Oh, that's true. That's true. We did. But, like, I like for the longest time, you were doing K-dramas. So it's just like, man, like, if I had more time, I totally would. I think, too, um, recently, well, not recently. It's been months. But um, I did pick up uh, the history of K-pop. Um, monthly article but the ones the people that wrote it before me did some really really great ones too I mean we go as far back as like so Taiji and the boys and um, HOT and stuff so I think that is great for people that are interested in finding out about groups that may not be so big now but were a huge impact on the movement altogether I really agree like I was going to recommend the history of k-pop column because like I've learned stuff from that column and I've been in the game for a little over a decade now um so it's been really cool to see that I really just I'm gonna get on my pedestal about the craze for a moment um I really just appreciate the type of like content we put out as a whole because it really like gives a good well-rounded look at what happens within like Korean pop culture um as well as like the non- glitzy and glamour sides of things. I think a lot of Western media like doesn't dig into that. And so it really does give a well-rounded, honest look at things. Can I mention that specifically just for a second? The soapbox is yours. Was it like a month ago or a couple months ago, but like Western media was making all this noise about K-pop fans that bought like tickets to Trump's thing so that people wouldn't go or whatever. And that's what I wrote the dark side of K-pop fans about. Yeah, so, like, you know, that's a thing that they did, true, but, like, that doesn't mean that the fandom is that great in any way. <laughs> that's what bothered me the most about that whole situation. It, it made me feel kind of weird, because it's like, you don't know what happens on a daily basis within the fandoms. You don't see people, like, getting death threats because they show displeasure about one thing. I also didn't like people coming forward and patting themselves on the back because of that. It's like, woo, you disrupted a reservation system. Cool. Or, 
or it's like cool you got recognized and what like what are you really contributing to the community yeah like what did you actually do except just be annoying let's be honest here <laughs> like taking taking seats from trump's rally doesn't stop trump from doing what he does it just may have been a little bit annoying like there's way more things to do that would actually have an impact than that like for instance register to vote people please for the love of god register to vote if you want to make an impact we're not gonna get there but if you want to make an impact register to vote and vote this year that's it that's all we're gonna say about it but that that's really like the best you can do so like don't do other stuff that's really all that matters let's be real here or it's like if you're like there's other causes and which you know what they're like there's a lot of fandoms out there who have done very notable causes to charities and movements that are far more you know like that really do need the recognition but like there's other stuff where it's just like do like really don't need that focus the energy on something better kind of situation if you get what i mean oh i totally i totally get what you're talking about and I am going to get myself slaughtered on the internet for this, but I'm going to say it. Recently, what I've noticed is that a lot of a certain fandom is patting themselves on the back for a certain large donation, acting like it was the most major thing done for a certain movement. Like, Yeah, they, we all know who you're talking about. And I like seeing them talk about it, I'm like, you did something good, but it's not like you... you like change legislation or going out and like like you this fandom did something good yet turn on the same members of the community that they supported through this major donation like y'all need to make it make sense the point the whole point of the problem in general is that like doing a good thing is good but the more that you inflate your own ego by doing a good thing the worse it is so like I don't know. I personally find that any good things that I do, I kind of keep to myself because I don't want to brag, if that makes any sense. I just kind of want to do the thing I want to do. Exactly. You need to do like what half your idols do. Like all these people like, my idol did this, blah, 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 blah. The only reason why people know that the idols did that is because somewhere at the place they did the thing, don't know how to keep their mouth shut. I, let, let me just add real quick. Also, it's all about if you like kind of like put your money where your mouth is, you know, or practice what you preach. Because in reality, like if all of our idols saw the type of very toxic behavior that and they call themselves fans, you know that they would be really disappointed if they ever saw this. And so it's just like, you know, like, like Amber said, it's like, you know, be what your idols are about and what they, they are, you know, well, there's some things that we're, we're not going to agree with, but we're not going to get into that. But like, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of groups are always like sharing, like, love each other, be respectful to one another. Don't bully, don't do this, don't do that, you know, be kind to one another. And it's like, if, your favorite saw how some of these people who call themselves fans 
acting in this certain way, it's just like, do you know how disappointed they'd be? And it's just like, and going back to the whole ego thing, it's like, uh, like, for example, I, I have made my own contributions. I like, if anything, it's not that I'm outwardly like, oh, I participated in this, blah, 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 blah. You know, I did the thing. I shared the links, you know, that's it. And it's up to me in terms of like how I, how I, how I put my action or my words and what I did into actions. And whenever there's an opportunity, of course, I'm going to be advocating or retweeting or doing the most that I can. And what, especially with the, the climate that we have right now, it's like, now I'm more conscious about like, okay, there are people who are around me that I have to pay attention more. And if somebody tries to come out of line and, you know, go for, um, go for anybody like that, it's like, no, I, I know better. And I, I recognize that I can step in. I'm not going to be a bystander anymore. And it's stuff like that. You know, it's putting the actions into place where you're saying that you're going to do it, not just for the sake of what I forgot the term of what it, it's called. Clout. Or like performative, um, you know. Activism, bizarre. performative yeah. activism. Yeah. It's just not performative activism. It's putting yourself there. And so I know we're getting off topic. On- no, it's okay. It's a good discussion. Right. But it, it's important for fans to, you know, it's okay to say that you've, you know, you've done this, but now it's putting it into the action of continuing on the movements that you're participating in and really being the activist that you say that you are. And also that if you are going to do that, you don't have to do it publicly either. Like trying to get clout or get, some sort of recognition for being that way isn't necessarily the best way to go. Yes. Um, like, I'm going to get on my BAP soapbox again. I feel like I get on one, it, at least once every couple episodes. Um, like, I don't know if Jay can agree with me on this or not, but, like, that's one of the things, like, we all talk about things are favorite k-pop boys teach us that's one of the things like i've learned through bap is like if you're gonna do something you don't have to be out and be like i did this i gave money i did this i did that like Youngkook literally was does so much good for his community and the world around him and like he made me want to be a better person and so like when i do things myself like i'm able like i don't i don't talk about it i just go and do the thing and know that i'm like doing my part to make a world a better place and like sharing sharing what I can do to help others. To this day, Jungkook is one of the only men that terrify me and I would not want to disappoint him. So yeah, definitely agree with Amber there where it's like, and also here's another thing to put in perspective is that a lot of our idols are do- making these contributions and they're helping out in the movements and they're choosing to be anonymous, but somehow, you know, the public catches on to it and, you know, and it gets recognized, but it's like, it's already after the fact that it's happened. You know, it's not them saying we are going to do it. It's 
already happened and now like you're just learning about it and sometimes it just has to be that way it's like you can be you can be quiet and private about what like and you don't even have to say like I contributed this much you know just say like hey I did participate in it and that's it and then go go on your way of continuing to be an activist for the things that um really matter to you and any other movement that you're part of I feel like a lot of the noise comes from younger kids in general. And I also get on my old person soapbox like every couple of episodes, but (laughs) I don't know. There's, I don't, I don't know if it's because a generation after us, I mean, I feel like I grew up on the internet too, but I don't feel the need to share every single thing about myself with the internet anyway. Um, I just don't know if they think that being loud about something makes you better somehow. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to support the things that you support, you don't have to get validation from anybody else to do it. Basically, I guess it comes down to knowing, knowing that like what you do is for the better of the community and you don't need people to tell you that it's good to know that it's good. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It just reminds me of like, do you know the quote, like, who are you when no one's watching? Like, I don't remember where it's from, but I heard it from like a movie or a tv show and it's it's kind of just stuck with me like like who are you gonna be when no one's watching and like just remembering like showing your authentic self as much as you can like you don't want to put on a face for anyone and that's really important too because like a lot of these people that that bully other people online you are showing who you really are deep inside by doing that right like maybe if somebody meets you in person or, you know, you put on a certain front that you're a good person and then you go around and tell people to kill themselves, like, then you're not a good person. (laughs) I think that people fail to understand that when you get so intense on something to the point that you start telling people to die or saying, you know, so I, I know recently Amber showed some very racially insensitive comments that people say to other fans like, at what point did something inside you tell you that's okay? You know what I mean? The block button and the unfollow button is right there. And don't be that person to be like, hey, DMing other people. Hey, can you please unfollow this person? Don't be that person. Just do it yourself. And let, you know, if if some some of those things are ringing true and it really is whatever that person is doing is a bad person, the truth will come out. People will know. So it's just like, don't spread that agenda of like, oh, like, because I feel like everybody is entitled to their own opinion and their reservations of how they see a person. And like, don't, don't be blinded by the fact that, you know, you, you, we don't know all the story, you know, we don't know both sides of the coin. So don't go blindly just like for the sake of block this person because this person did so-and-so-and-so-and-so and and that's it. I was just like, no, give a person the benefit of the doubt, formulate your own opinion. And if that person really is, you know, I wouldn't, not worthy, but if that person is, you know, turning out to be a negative thing, then yes, go block them. But don't be that person to just block right away just because somebody else told you. This this actually, 
Oh, sorry. Go on, Jay. Oh, like, well, just to finish that thought, other than that, like, you're free to just unfollow and block. Cut that out of your life because you don't need that energy in your life. Yeah. So what I was going to say is um, I recently reconnected with um, a friend uh, that I made through uh, Army Twitter, actually. I am going to go ahead and go right in on that. Sorry. Um, (laughs) um, She and I are older. She's a couple maybe one or two years older than me. Um, but, uh, you know, I reached out to her and we got to talking again because both of us have kind of stopped being involved in the army community on Twitter completely. Um, and a lot of it comes down to the fact, not that it's, it's, they've gotten super popular or anything. It's more just the people that are involved in that are loud tend to be kind of shitty. Um, and, it's a lot of too, ever since BTS got really big in the United States, it's a lot of younger kids that have a tendency to make fun of you if you are older and are a part of the fandom. And so people are just fighting all the time constantly. And it's like, there's, you know, life sucks enough that you don't need to get involved in Twitter wars. Like that's just unnecessary crap that you might as well cut out because like, living in the world that we do is hard enough. Why would you add even more to it? I agree. And to kind of like transition us into the next topic, um, I do want to wrap up this discussion and say a lot of the actions and a lot of the things that we're seeing on social media, um, it's it's the minority that ruin, ruins it for the majority of us. Um, in the very loud minority. There are diamonds in the roughs, but just be aware of the type of things you'll experience or interact with um, as you enter the fandom or continue to interact within fandoms. And to put a little lighthearted spin on things, a lot of these actions show that these kids are not learning about the McCarthy trials or the Salem witch hunt, and it shows. It's true. (laughs) What do they even learn in school now? Definitely. Um, so, Roxy, you talked about a connection you made through K-pop um, and, like, that ARMY friend that you had on ARMY Twitter. And it brings our, us to our next, like, our K-pop story time. What are, like, some of the connections, um, whether it be, like, business or friendship, um, that you've made through, like, a shared love of K-pop and Korean culture? Oh, I can go in on this one, um, <laughs> actually. Uh, so I mentioned that I started getting involved in the k-pop community um it was it was about four years or so now i think um by helping out a uh local u.s uh fan site do things um and she had a couple of people on the team uh and then brought me in so you know i made friends that way but she actually um introduced me to connie uh who is our founder for the craze um and it turned out that Connie uh, lives very, very close to me, and I had no idea. Um, so after, you know, she had connected us, Connie had messaged me. I had actually um, applied to be a graphic designer for the craze before I even knew that she was a founder. Uh, so she messaged me after, and she was like, hey, did you send me your resume or whatever um, to, to join the team? And I was like, yeah, I did. Um, so I guess, you know, because we had that mutual connection, she sort of looked into my, uh, my resume and decided to bring me onto the team. And so the only reason that I ended up as part of the craze is because I met somebody, um, 
that was already active in the fandom and that knew her. Uh, and, you know, just being part of the craze too, um, most of us in general are, I think actually totally now, um, are either college age or older. So we're all people that are getting, <laughs> we're getting old. I'm already so old. I can't believe I'm saying that, but. Hey, we, if I'm not allowed to call myself old, neither are you. Why? I'm older than you. <laughs> hey, until you are over 50, you are not old. Want to know why? Because Jungwoo Yuk still looks like he's 30 and he's 42. Uh, if only, if only we could all be that way. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I just think that being, being with the craze too, when we first started, um, it was more like a connection with people on the team. And now that we've grown to a point where we have more connections with people that do what we do. So it's kind of like we have a network of people that are all older and sort of do professional stuff. So it just feels like, you know, I don't, I don't really know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I, I just think it's, you know, the butterfly effect is something very interesting because if I hadn't, if that person hadn't decided to bring me on as a designer to help out with the fan site, none of this would have ever happened. And I think that a lot of people, older people in this fandom too, have a lot to offer uh, in general, especially toward the loud minority of kids. I kind of have not like a similar story, but kind of along the same vein um, of a K-pop connection. Once upon a time, as a high schooler, I really got into um, role plays. I don't know if you guys remember these. Oh, God. The deep, oh, yeah, dark I do flashbacks. Bro. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and still in early college age, participated in them. And I made a friend um, who we actually ended up meeting in person a year later, who introduced me to the craze myself. Um, and through those role play communities, I ended up making a lot of my K-pop friends. Um, some of them I learned to go on to be doctors and nurses or their moms with three children. Or in my case, um, a few of them are working in like government now. And so, it was actually Sky, who's one of our photographers, who introduced me to the craze. And I literally applied while sitting on her couch um, one some uh, over over winter break in January. Like I sat on her couch and applied. And then ever since then, like I've made tons of connections, like um, getting to know you guys and going to KCON and being all the way bringing it here to Korea where being able to like make friends with Korean fans and um, those have a little bit more of a connection to the community. And um, that seven degrees of separation between me and the bias or you and the bias gets real tiny once you start making friends over here. I can't imagine. I know that you have some great, great stories of running into idols. Yeah, some that I some that we'll have to save for a crazy cast off the dark episode. Kind of similar to uh, the connect uh, to what Roxy, except um, at least Roxy had a mutual friend. I uh, for me, it's funny because um, we all know that Connie's a huge Jungkook stan. Like we all know that that's her boy. That's her, her baby, right? And um, 
I happened to be scrolling on Twitter and I come up on the ad because my cousin was actually like, she, she still likes BTS, but she's not as into it as she was before. And my cousin was actually following, um, Connie's, uh, Jungkook appreciation account. And, um, through there, that's how I found the ad for, um, becoming uh, a member of the craze and definitely goes on to like, if I, I like a lot of the connections I've made were through the craze magazine, or if you guys didn't know, um, cause they're a good friend, like a good connection of ours, good friends. Uh, I was also part of Mac G for a while and, um, part of their startup as well. And, or at least the magazine end on their startup, not the whole company. I joined the company, uh, while they were still well established already. And, um, fun fact, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to be saying this. I mean, we've mentioned my Twitch channel, but your girl used to be on YouTube. And I, I think that was one of the main factors as to why I joined the craze because I was the only YouTuber. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> um, uh, I, I was the only YouTuber on the team and my channel was slowly growing and uh, yes i've been meaning to come back i can't believe next month will mark five years (laughs) um since i've opened the channel and uh like even just going into my youtube realm i wouldn't have made the connections I made some of my closest friends, um, at least in the YouTube community, I wouldn't have met them if, um, if it weren't for just like, you know, knowing, oh, I know this person and they introduced me to other people and they opened more doors. Um, my cousin, the cousin that had actually, uh, followed Connie and who I found, um, through her, found the craze through her just liking Connie's post um she had another friend that does radio on k-pop radio on youtube which she's also making a comeback hopefully soon um through her I started joining her radio shows and it's similar to like what a podcast was um except it was just more like we had a panel of other just what are we talking about at the time like what's happening in the week and it was just more like I I can't describe her radio show like off the top of my head but through there I started meeting other people through the radio show and then going to KCON and meeting people like Ashley and other YouTubers that who I watch like for example Dre uh Kenny Salvi all of them knowing who they are, Tumin Jin Jong-ki, uh, Hates Faye, all of them, and getting to meet them and then eventually either getting the opportunity to interview them or just meet them because of the craze. I, I feel like a lot of the connections that we've made now are primarily through the craze. And if it weren't for the fact that- Oh, 100%. Like, I didn't join. If I didn't join, I probably 
wouldn't have like be the person who I am on a professional and just on a K-pop realm of just meeting people. And, you know, you guys know that I'm expanding into Twitch and trying to make it um, more of a thing to do more K-pop stuff there. So, I mean, there's room for opportunity and more connections to happen, you know? So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think the lesson is, is that if it weren't for the craze, like I wouldn't have ha like I wouldn't have as many connections as I do now. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity. I do want to say something, and I think you guys could agree with it. Um, how, like, I don't think strange is the best word for it. Like, it's really cool how, like, we started as watching these people on YouTube or on, like, seeing them on Twitter. And, like, now they're people we can just slide into their DMs and be like, hey, this is what's going on. Let's chat. Like, it's weird for me to think about. Like, when um, the Just Life followed me back on Twitter, I'm like, whoa, this is really cool. Yeah, it is interesting also to be able to get the recognition. Um, at least, like, every year we go to KCON, um, we do get press. And it, it just is really cool to, like, see something from its foundation grow to a point where we are able to do things like that. Or even just other people contacting us being like, hey, so-and-so is releasing something. Do you think you can write something up? You know, and it's so bizarre that... That's like, the biggest ego boost. Right, and I'm just like... I, like, I think we've all taken up at least once or twice. We're like, I'll do it, you know, I'll cover it. Uh, I mean, I think, or everybody knows I've been on my soapbox of, listen to Lay's album! <laughs> and um just how um now that it's out we can kind of we, we can say it like we, yeah like you know somebody reached out and we're like yeah I know like we're just like we're gonna do it of course of course and it's getting opportunities like that I think is so cool I I don't want to call it bizarre let me take it back it's more surreal it's very surreal to like know that you're a fan and then you work for the thing that you're passionate about. And it, it's so gratifying to see the growth of it all. And it's just like, whoa, we're doing the things and wow. And going back to like what you said of Amber, like when you see certain people follow you back and you're like, you know, I exist. Oh my God. I mean, Even though wrong. my Twitter's a shit show, you know that I'm here. <laughs> that's a mood that's a mood i try to be real and uh the real me can be kind of weird sometimes so it's okay because my my we love your weird yes exactly (laughs) exactly like for me um it's just like my fangirl blends in with the professional so it's like well y'all see both sides of it can i say one more thing before we move on um I did want to mention too, uh, just besides making uh, the connection with Connie that I did, um, I now have a group of friends where I live because of K-pop and like they are the OG. They are just the best. Like, and I just think I'm really lucky to have found that too. Wait, 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 me too, me too. Let me just add this. Me and Roxy and Amber have been working for 
together for quite some time now. And like, yes, we've been part of the craze and everything, but like, to be honest, and I don't mean to get sappy here. Don't get your, like, please. Oh, don't God. Get your- <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to be real. I've never felt more connected to you guys until most recently. Like, yeah, we work together and doing other pieces and we've done other stuff for the craze, but I think it's thanks to this podcast and the fact that the three of us are spearheading at least the marketing end for the craze. Um, It's definitely, I've never felt more closer to you guys. And I feel like now I feel like I'm in a more comfortable space where I was just like, like we, yes, we still keep it professional, but it's now like the, the lid is, is off. And now there, we can't, hold anything back with each other and I like how we've become so comfortable with each other that no whether it's in our personal lives or you know what what's going on in the k-pop realm I just feel that much closer to you guys and it's yeah now you guys soft hours initiated soft it's too late for these soft hours Jay (laughs) so before we move on to our last section we gotta talk about something some of you might be aware if you attended KPSN last week or the week before, whenever we did KPSN, um, we plugged our print articles. Many of you are very interested in our print articles, and I do believe we still have a free shipping sale going on, Roxy. Do we? Yep, we do. To get free shipping on a print article, Use the code STOCK, S-T-O-C-K, at checkout, and you'll be able to get free shipping within the continental U.S. And Roxy handles all that shipping, so you'll be quick to see your magazine. Uh, So, like we do every week, our last section of the podcast is talking about an underrated group. We do this to kind of shine some light on groups who may not get the attention um, that they both need and deserve and this week we have the group pink fantasy pink fantasy is a group under Midal entertainment who um, debuted in 2018 they have i believe one two three four five six seven members and they debuted with the song irewa um so guys what did you think i love them i like them a lot (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Surprisingly, I really like them too. I mean, I haven't listened to everything, but like, I like, I think we all talk about it. It's hard for us to get into girl groups, or at least for me, I, it's so hard. But I like them. There is it. Is it? To, it's the unit, right? That did shadow play. Play. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually wrote about about this comeback. So that is um a a subunit that doesn't have a different name, which makes it confusing. So they're still going under the name Pink Fantasy, but it's only four of them um, that just did the recent comeback. Whoever, like, I, I haven't learned names yet and put names to faces. Whoever is the, the, the lady with the bob cut hair, you're my favorite. I will, you caught my attention. I need to know your name. Hello, Bias. So what I really like about Pink Fantasy, um, I just want to mention for people like me that, uh, came into the k-pop sphere from the metalhead area uh as opposed to like the western pop area um they're 
full last full group comeback, which I think was almost a year ago now. Um, oh, are you talking about fantasy? Yes, I am. I love that song. So fantasy, um, it reminded me a lot of Dreamcatcher, actually, um, both in the visuals uh, that they use and the music itself, because it definitely had more of a hard rock feel to it than some of their other stuff. So yes. if you like Dreamcatcher, definitely check out Pink Fantasy. You would think from their name that they would be like cutesy and stuff, but no, they are not. Listening to Fantasy, I'm like, this belongs in an OST. It really do, it really does belong in an OST. And it does give a lot of those Dreamcatcher vibes off. The thing I think is the most fascinating is the member with the bunny head. I love this concept. Yeah, when I was looking through their like album covers and then I watched the Iriwa um, music video, I'm like, who's this? Wait, why do they have a bunny? Wait, it make what? I'm confused, but I'm intrigued at the same time. Who are you? For those that don't know, because um, it's I had to dig to find that information, but uh, essentially they have one member who is hidden, um, and when she shows up, she's always wearing a, a bunny hat, essentially, or a bunny, um, what you call it? It's not a hat. It's like a... If you are a furry and you have a mask like that, you would know. <laughs> it's a bunny furry head. <laughs> it's like a big head. It's like a mascot head. Yeah, so it's like a mascot head. Um, and she is keeping her identity uh, concealed through that until Pink Fantasy gets their first music show win. So uh, if you are interested to see uh, who's been hiding the whole time, uh, you should probably help them out. I just, I just looked at their profile, and they don't even use uh, the Daewang's real name. Like, Daewang is the great king, and the birthday is... I was really confused looking at it. I'm like, this has to be a typo. But then I saw that, no, they're completely hiding whoever that is. Yep. No, no real name, no real birthday, nothing like that. So that means we just got to give them their first win soon so we can figure out who are you behind, hiding behind the mask? Because we would like to know. I and do wonder if part of the reason that they have trouble getting recognition is just how few comebacks they've had since they debuted. I think that definitely could be the, the thing because they debuted at the end of 2018. And so they've had, I mean, they've been on pace for what they should be doing for a new group. But Corona just fucked everything up, I'm assuming, because, like, what groups want to promote to empty rooms? Especially when they're smaller, right? Right. It, like, it hurts my heart, because right now, I was just thinking, watching Dream Concert, that Gravity, who debuted this year, has yet to meet their fans. Oh, yeah, that's true. And also, I think it's also the, we have a highly saturated industry of idols, and it's just, like, you have to have that it factor, like, right from the get-go, or it's just, like, it's gonna be a harder climb for these idols to, like, reach that, like, recognition, because we know that there's so many groups out there that deserve the attention, but because the industry is so saturated with groups... How do you stand out more? Well, and we also all know that the major record labels uh, take up most of the uh, attention and 
work to do so as well. They take up all the space that they need to share. Yeah, they don't like sharing space. Like fans, people who've been fans for B, uh, of BTS for a long time know that they faced uh, some kind of crap when they first started because Big Hit was nothing at that time. I'm not going to get on my soapbox about BTS right now because that could take up a whole episode. Um, so guys, I think a first has happened for us. I would say we all like this group. I think you're right. I think you are right. Like, this is like one of the rare occasions where like we, like we find certain groups that are like, eh, okay. But like, this is a huge unanimous consensus that yes. Pink fantasy, yes. It just goes to show that, like, guys, every week we tell you this. Like, there's something out there for everyone. We all know that I'm very hard when it comes to picking girl groups to listen to. And Jay loves her girl groups. Um, And finding something that all three of us like with our diverse tastes in K-pop is, like, it's hard. So good for you, Pink fantasy. Good for you. Um, so we are reaching the end of our episode. Guys, do you have any last things to throw in? Sorry, I got a migraine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, aside from feel better, Roxy, I think, uh, I, I want to leave off with saying, um, that we're going to make connections in, with K-pop. Some are going to be good. Some are going to be bad you know, and there's some things we may have to walk away from. But at the end of the day, cherish the connections that you made, because I I like to take it as people are meant to come through in your life at some point, some stay for a lifetime, some stay for a, a chapter. But at the end of the day, it's growth for you and um, for everybody else. So whether it may be a fleeting moment or something like what, you know, we have in the, in terms of we're working together and we became friends over time, um, you know, cherish the connections you made because it, it's only going to make you the person who you are going forward. So yes, K-pop build connections and cherish them. That's what I'll leave off of. And also stay 100%. safe and wear a mask. And wash your hands. Give groups a listen. Like Roxy said, like this group with their name, you would have expected them to have some cutesy generic girl group concept, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Also, take time to read articles that you stumble across. Like there's honestly a lot of good work out there, even not just us, but like other um, people of the K-pop community put good content out there for fans to um, learn and expand and grow on. Um, and finally, you're going to make K-pop fan connections that are going to last a lifetime. Um, so definitely cherish those and who knows what they'll turn on, turn into down the road. Okay. So one last thing before we go, guys, like we've been teasing every week soon, I believe in two episodes, we are going to have a very special guest on Mont will be joining us to talk about their new releases and about how things have been going well into their second year um, after debut. So keep a lookout for that. This has been the Craze Cast. See you next week. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.